everyone, and welcome to Gabin with Gab's Announcements, Cold Weather Edition. Well, happy Valentine's, everyone. I hope that it is a day full of love and friendship and goodness and everything that's just lovey-dovey and butterflies in your heart. I hope it's a wonderful day for you all, and we can all just reflect on the love of God today, most especially the greatest love of all. So first I wanna invite you to gather up your communion supplies, get your bread and your juice, and we'll take that together later on during service. Next up, Brian asked me to ask you guys to get a pen and a paper ready for drawing because there is gonna be a drawing exercise during the sermon today. So he said, especially you kids out there, this is for you. So have your pencil and your paper ready to go because there's going to be a super fun exercise that I have no idea what it is, but I'm looking forward to doing it. I have my pen and paper ready to go. And so get ready for that. Next up, lobby time slash gym time will be canceled tomorrow due to the weather, but we're going to resume again next week, um, the following Monday. Uh, And be sure to sign up for that. Take advantage of that. If that's something that would benefit you, it's just a, a time and a reserved space that you can work, you can study, you can do homework, you can run around and play in the gym, but be sure that you RSVP um, on the the church's website, hbtulsa.com, and encourage others if you know someone who might benefit from that as well. We want this to be a blessing for our church family, but also for our neighbors and our community. We just want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, loving people where we can, when we can. So if that's something that would be helpful or beneficial to someone you know or to yourself, go ahead and sign up for that. Next up, we have a couple announcements from our HP Kids Ministry. So this is uh, something written up by our children's uh, children's ministry director, Michelle. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read that. She says, we would like to begin using some short videos of kids from home telling the church what they've learned this week from the lessons. If you would like to participate in this, please let me know. And on February 24th, our HP Kids families are invited to join us for an evening of playtime in the gym. This is for kids fifth grade and under and their parents. It will be a casual time to just play together and connect. All of our guidelines will still be in place. Masks are required for anyone 10 and older the entire time you're in the building. And I will ask each person to use hand sanitizer and have temps taken before entering the gym. Come join us and play. So that'll be really fun. If you have any questions or want to be part of that and participate in that, you can email Michelle. You can find her information at hptulsa.com. Now, uh, if you are a student, uh, mark your your calendar for the first Wednesday in March. We'll be having a, um, just doing some worship that evening. And it's going to be a really powerful, really good evening. And so be sure you mark your calendars for that. Now, HP supports a missionary family who works with one of the most unreached populations in the whole world. They live and serve in the Persian Gulf area. They recently told us that one of the most difficult things for younger people who become Christians is that they will face extreme hardship with their families. To follow Christ might mean that they are kicked out of their family. It might mean that they are divorced. It might mean that no one will marry them and they'll be in extreme poverty. And they asked us to pray for these believers 
who have sacrificed everything because of the good news of Jesus. So we will. We're going to pray for them. And every time you give to HP, every time you give to Highland Park, part of that gift supports the important work in other parts of the world like this um, so that the gospel can spread and people won't be alone in the darkness. And you can give, there's going to be a button where you can give. You can go to hbtulsa.com and that'll give you some more options of how to give. You can write a check, drop it off at the church. Probably not today because the roads are pretty, pretty icy. Um, but you can find all of those options at hbtulsa.com. There's a little button that says give. Um, but you guys, this is so, so cool that we get to partner with people in ministry across the world. And so many of our brothers and sisters are, are persecuted. So many are kicked out of their families, out of their homes, because they love Jesus and they want to tell the world about his great love. And so let's just pray together about them. Let's pray for them. I'm going to pray for, for them, for this service. Um, and then we're going to go ahead and get started. So would you please join me? Heavenly Father, God, we just are so thankful to be called your children. We're so thankful that you have adopted us, that you have brought us in, that you've given us a home, God, that your Holy Spirit lives within each and every one of us. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted because they love you, because they've accepted your love. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would encourage them, that your Holy Spirit would empower them, would give them the words to say, Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit in their lives, God, would be so evident that people wouldn't, wouldn't be able to help but be drawn towards you and your truth and your people. God, may your kingdom advance. Lord, we pray for today's service that our ears would be open, our hearts would be open. God, that we would experience your great love over and over and over again like we're experiencing it for the very first time. God, you died on the cross for our sins, and we are so thankful, God. We just want to worship you. We just want to thank you, Father, for your great love. You love us so much, Lord, and we love you. Thank you, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
into a time of communion, I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. Many of you might be familiar with this passage. It is often referred to as the passage of love, and you may have heard it at one or two weddings, but it's a beautiful passage, and I think it holds a message for us today. And so let's go ahead and read this together. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Starting in verse 1, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but... If I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. This passage, it it never gets old to me. You see, I think of love. I read that description of love and I can't help but think of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus, who was not proud, who didn't boast, who didn't keep a record of wrongs, who didn't stand for injustice. I think of someone who was kind, who sacrificed. Jesus did all of those things, and Scripture tells us God is love. God isn't just loving. He is love. And love went to the cross for you and for me. No greater love is there than a man who will lay down his life 
for his friends and Jesus laid down his life not only for his friends but for you and me and every sinner that has ever lived every person who has ever existed and so today as we reflect on our communion as we reflect on the bread and the juice the body and the blood would you consider love the greatness of love that went to the cross for us It is impossible for us to know how deep, how wide, how how high the love of Christ is for us, even when we're so unworthy. And yet he says, you are worthy. My blood makes you worthy. And so love covers a multitude of sins and sinners. God is good. He loves you. He has called you his. He died for you. And one day he will return for you. His love for you is so great. It knows no end. So let's pray together and then let's reflect on that great love. On the love that is eternal in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, God, we pray over our time today, God, as we reflect on how good you are and how great you are, but specifically on the love that you are, the love that you have taught us, God, through your sacrifice on the cross. God, I can't think of a greater example of love because you are love and you are eternal, Father. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. friends, this is Brian, and I'm so thankful that you are worshiping with us, studying with us today. 
As Gabriella mentioned earlier, I hope you uh, artists have a pen and paper or pencil. And kids, we really think this might help you really learn what we're going to teach today. My sermon is going to be very short today. Uh, but if you, if you want to draw along with us, that may help you. Uh, I've asked Matt and Hope to kind of draw along with me here as we're recording this. And if you stay tuned at the end, we'll show you their drawings as well. Uh, but that may help us just kind of let these truths from the scripture sink in. So really, my sermon is real quick. Just uh, we're going to read from James 4 and Romans 8. And I'm going to mention a few things about that. Give you in some instructions if you'd like to draw along with us. And, um, and that'll be it. And I think God can teach us a lot. By the way, I am the worst artist in the world. And so even if you're a terrible artist like me, uh, you may want to go ahead and do this because sometimes I still learn when I doodle or draw. But if you want to just study along and listen along, that's fine as well. So we've been in this series where we've been talking about the deeply formed life. And we talked about how the great redwood trees grow and they have this intricate a long, wide root system, and we don't want to ignore any of the roots that connect us to the heart of God. And so we want to uh, fully appreciate and explore and just practice the different ways that God draws us to him. And so here's where we've been. Let's kind of catch up to speed. We join God's mission. That's one of the roots that connects us to God's heart. We Sabbath in God's presence, maybe with all of the ice and Cold, maybe you've had a prolonged Sabbath time, but be intentional about that Sabbath. I hope that you're doing that. If you missed that sermon, go back and listen to it and have some ideas there. Number three, we seek God's wisdom. We invite God to change us. Last week, we pursue justice. And today, we are led by the Spirit to freedom. Some, some worship the world. That's point number one. If you want to take notes, some people worship the world. And if, if you want to draw, then what you can draw is draw like this mountain or this really big hill in which uh, God is on top of that hill. Maybe there's a sun up there uh, or just something that's kind of majestic up there. And then I want you to draw somebody at the very bottom of the mountain, somebody who's maybe just stuck in some sort of destruction or maybe there's danger around the corner and maybe they aren't even afraid. Maybe they think everything's okay, but everything's not okay for them. So if you want to draw something like that, that's picture number one. You don't have to do all three pictures, but if you want to do picture number one, that's it, okay? Someone at the bottom of the mountain uh, headed towards destruction or in destruction, maybe sitting in some mud. I don't know what that looks like, uh, but do something along those lines. Because some people worship the world and they try to impress the world. They even attach themselves to the world, and they follow the world's standards. Here's what James 4, 1 through 4 says. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Some of your parents have been asking that this week. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Okay, so we have a little lesson on prayer here. With these wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. In other words, you, hardly, you don't really even ask God, but when you do pray, it's just all about you and your pleasures. Verse four, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world 
means enmity against God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So God uses this word that, that they're unfaithful. And when, when the text tells us to not be a, a friend of the world, it's not saying be mean to the people who are in this world. It's not saying hate the people of the world. No, that's the opposite of everything that Jesus teaches us, to love our enemies and to make disciples in the whole world. What the text is saying here is get that word that you adulterous people, you unfaithful people, don't separate yourselves from God and attach yourselves to the world. It's, it's, as, it's kind of marriage language. Don't leave God who loves you and run off with the world who doesn't love you. So we love the people in the world, but we don't become attached. We don't worship the world. We don't bow to the world. We don't serve and just say, hey, I am the servant of the world. Whatever you want me to do, world, that doesn't get us anywhere good. When we worship the world, we worship money and popularity and fame and entertainment and pleasure and power, all of these things. But none of those things lead us to God and to joy and to hope and to peace and to eternal life, which God offers to us. It leaves us kind of sitting at the bottom of the mountain, separated from God. And we may think it's okay now, but it's not okay. Danger is looming. Destruction is coming. Romans says, those who live according to the flesh, that's kind of the world's ideas, the stuff that kind of our bad instincts, they have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So the difference is, who do you let govern your mind? Have you given it to the spirit of God or just to your own instincts and to what the world leads us? So some people worship the world. How is that drawing? Drawing number two, some worship the law. They try to be saved by their good living. They, they think, well, if I read the law of the Lord and I just keep the Ten Commandments exactly and I just check off that and I don't do bad things and I try to do good things, then I can climb my way up the mountain and be united with God based on my good deeds and the good things I've done. So drawing number two is somebody, a similar mountain, with God represented at the top of the mountain and somebody way at the bottom of the mountain trying to drag this huge boulder or this big brick or this huge bag that's labeled law, L-A-W. And that, that burden, that thing that they're dragging is so big, there's no way they're ever gonna get to the top of the mountain. And when you and I try to be saved by our good works, we can't do it. It's impossible. You can't, we can't save ourselves with our own good works. One sin separates us from God and we'll never be united with God by just trying to do these good things over and over and depend upon ourselves to save ourselves and our good works. Romans 8 says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh 
to be a sin offering. Now, there's a lot to that, Romans 8, 2 through 3. But here's what we're seeing here. That just trying to follow the law, we could not save ourselves. And so God gave us a new law. His name is Jesus. See, the old law, just trying to keep things, just trying to follow the commandments. See, the law can point out our failures, but it can't build our character. The law can tell us what is right, but it can't make us right with God. We need something more. We need help beyond. Romans says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought, you, brought about your adoption. Wow. So that you can call God Father, Abba. You see what the Spirit of God does? It says you don't have to earn all of your salvation, but that God will adopt you as his own. Listen, a lot of us have tried to just follow the rules, and we think if we follow the rules, that saves us. And the Bible says, no, stop it. And while some people worship the world, folks who are around the church a lot may worship the law. We may feel better about ourselves because we're not as bad as that person. And I didn't do that bad thing that person did. Surely they can't be saved because they're bad. And we forget that we've been bad too. Maybe just to a lesser degree than somebody else. But the law can't save us that way. So we need something else to worship. Number three, some worship the world, some worship the law, but some worship the Savior. James chapter 4 gives us another option. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I want to unpack some of this uh, scripture here in just a moment, but let me get you started on your third drawing if you want to do drawing number three. Drawing number three, you've got the same big mountain. Up top represents a relationship with God, redeemed, forgiven, uh, reconciled to God. Down at the bottom means separated from God. But in this third drawing, we bow down to God. We realize we can't be saved on our own so we allow Jesus to save us because only Jesus can save us. So maybe in this third drawing, someone has humbled themselves and God is taking them up the mountain. Maybe they're flying uh, up the mountain uh, on the back of a bird named Grace. Uh, maybe they're riding on the back of Jesus getting a, a, a piggyback ride up the mountain. Uh, you see, when we say yes to Jesus, we realize we don't earn our salvation. Jesus has done the work for us. He reconciles us with God. He carries us up the mountain that we can never climb on our own. He cuts loose our burdens and changes us. That's the spirit of God inside of us. The scripture, the key here is submit yourselves to God and humble yourselves before the Lord. And what will he do? He will lift you up. It's not prove yourself to the Lord, but humble yourself 
before the Lord and he will lift you up. If you come with burdens, let Jesus take them. The verse has something strange that we you kind of have to look at twice uh, because the scripture is full of saying rejoice in the Lord and be joyful and uh, be full of hope and peace and love. But here in verse nine, it says grieve and mourn and wail. What's that talking about? Well, that's talking about the person at the bottom of the mountain. There's no reason to celebrate if you're separated from God. There's no reason to celebrate if you think that you can earn your own salvation, if you think that you can save yourself. So if you're separated from God, then cry. Cry out to God. Grieve and mourn and wail, God, help me. And he will. So if you are apart from God, our attitude should be one of repentance and crying like, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. Second Corinthians 3 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Don't you want to be free? See, at the bottom of the mountain, you're chained to sin. You're, you're chained to your own bad instincts. You're, you're chained to what the world tells you is cool or good or popular. Or maybe you're chained to the old law and you're trying to pull this huge thing up the mountain and you can't do it because you're not perfect and your, your heart still gravitates towards the old way of life. So instead, God says, I will give you freedom. I'll cut those chains. You latch on to me and I'll help mold you and transform you. If any of you have never said yes to Jesus, that he would be your savior and your Lord. Even in this moment, God wants to come to you. He has come to you and he's saying, will you come to me now? Would you let me set you free? There's gonna be a little um, button that pops up that if you would like to, to follow Jesus and learn what that means, you can respond to that. Just click that button. And there's going to be a button that comes up that says, would you like someone to pray with you? Just click that button and then look over in the chat. And there'll be a private chat with one of our prayer hosts who will be ready to visit with you. Uh, even if just in the chat, if you'd like to say, hey, I would like someone to pray with me, then maybe someone can pray with you even right now. And we want to give you a few moments just to think about this. We, we want you to uh, maybe just be silent for a few moments and pray like, God, where am I? Have I been worshiping the world and what other people tells me I, tell, tell me I should worship? Have I been worshiping the old law and trying to prove myself to God? Or am I worshiping the Savior, allowing the Spirit to set me free? I wanna ask you just for the next 30 seconds or so, just to, wherever you are, have some quiet time and ask God to show you where you are and then you respond accordingly. Let's pray and then we'll just go into this short time of, of quiet prayer. God, would you help us to listen to you and help us to be honest about where we are and how we can respond to you even in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you so much for being with us today. Hang with us in just a moment and we'll show you the pictures that Matt and Hope have been drawing for us and uh, hope to see some of your pictures too. But before we do that, uh, let me just mention a couple of quick things. First, we hope that you can join us next week as we talk about how God can free us from one of the ugliest but easiest things to do, worry. God wants to free us from that. So I hope that you can join us next week, whether we're in person or uh, whether you're worshiping online, either way. Uh, also, if you've missed one of the sermons, I want to ask you to go to hptulsa.com media, and you can just click on the past sermons and uh, get up to speed on that. This is part of being with our church family, of learning and studying and practicing uh, along with us, the new things that we're learning and how God is changing us. So really want to ask you to do that. Um, one last thing. Would you check on somebody today? Um, it's cold and some people may not have been able to get out or some people may just be lonely or some parents may just be overwhelmed with kids in their house for many days in a row. I just want to ask you, would you pick up the phone here in a few minutes and just call somebody and check on them? Maybe offer to pray with them, ask them how they're doing, make sure everybody's okay. Let's just check on one, one another. If we can all do that, that would be wonderful. All of us call one person and let's just check on each other and encourage one another today. Um, okay, so if, uh, if you want to see the drawings, I want to see the drawings. Uh, we're going we're gonna to put them up here, and we would love for you to share your drawings as well. Uh, you can just uh, put them on Instagram or Facebook and uh, put the hashtag for all of you people that are my age. That's a number sign, HP Tulsa Art, okay, HP Tulsa Art. If you can just put that hashtag, then the rest of us can find it and we can see what you drew. You can share it with your friends. Maybe you can put the link to the sermon and tell people what you learned today. That'll be a way that you can be a positive voice uh, around. Okay, I want to see the drawings. Uh, so before we see those drawings, though, I would like you just to read this verse with me. Uh, even if you're, if you're by yourself, read it out loud at home. If you're with a family or a friend, read it out loud at home. We're all going to read it together, and then we'll look at these, uh, at these pictures, okay? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. That's beautiful. Okay, let's look at these pictures. That's pretty good. Okay, so what is that? He's drawn these. What is he? Oh, and that's the lock, the huge rock. I think the rock's going to pull that down the mountain, don't you? Okay, and is he in the middle of the volcano? <laughs> oh, he's in a right. recliner. <laughs> in a recliner. <laughs> and so the, he's uh, worshiping the world and he thinks everything is good. But the truth is a volcano is about ready to explode on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I like, I like the volcano touch. Okay, and this guy, oh, it's the bird of grace, right? Mm -hmm. Following God. That looks like a fun ride. That's way easier than that, huh? Mm -hmm. 
I like it. Very good. Okay, Matt, tell us what you got here. All right, so this is the guy at the bottom, and uh, he is kind of stuck in the world and is in his version of how to take care of things, and he's got a tiny little umbrella that he's got to avoid the destruction that's coming from the meteors that are coming down, and meanwhile he can't go anywhere because he's chained to sin, and, uh, and so he's, he's stuck down here without really anything to do, and he's coming up with his own things, which is what we often do in life, come up with our own plans how to fix, or how to take care of us anyway. Yeah, that is true. I've held that small umbrella.